this week on the Roommate Podcast. And I see a lot of rappers or musicians who, like, they have these platforms where they talk about, they rap about their their nightlife and their street life, but then you realize that they're married with children and they have a beautiful family and they're actually good husbands, right? And you're like, like this, the, yo, son, the math ain't adding up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, and it's why do we, why are we perpetuating this idea that we have to, the only way for you to be marketable is, marketable is for you to be like to live a stripper lifestyle or to, to 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 have all of these you know side pieces and et cetera et cetera right never rap about your marriage never talk about your you know the 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 lifestyle of raising children like you couldn't name me more than five songs where a rapper or RB singer talks about raising children. Yo, what's good, world? It's your boy, Hafiz. Chris, the star of the show, baby. Yes, yes, yes. And welcome to The Roommates, a worldwide community of individuals united on the values of becoming holistic health, kindness, togetherness, and a thirst for knowledge. Also known as the best hour of your week, where you are entertained like a stand-up. Educated like a TED Talk. And enlightened like a sermon, baby. Yo, yo, yo. You kind of rush through that week sometimes. I know, man. I want to make sure I get through it, you know. Hey, but it is what it is. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Don't, Don't judge, judge me. me. <laughs> it's ridiculous around here. Yes, yes, yes. Stop so, critiquing me all the time. I'm not critiquing you. I'm just saying I noticed that a couple Stop times. Stop touching the mic. Hold the mic closer. Why you move so much? <laughs> Shut up, Hoppy. <laughs> yo, man. I'm just trying to make sure we're just being the best we can be. Okay. Like your glasses? That make you happy? You want some encouragement? I do not. I don't want encouragement <laughs> from you, therapy man. Before I do you not record. want your encouragement. You take your encouragement. Take it home with you. Try again tomorrow. Try again tomorrow. So, this week, we are back in Atlanta, Georgia. Amen. And as usual, I have a story to tell you guys about our new roommate. Oh, God. He's I been on the list. show before, though. Huh? He's been on the show before. Yes, he has, but he hasn't been on the show in person. He, he has not. He, we finally reached enough um, clout, clout. <laughs> where he felt like all right, all right, I guess. We, we're, we're worthy. Finally. Check the YouTube. I check the IG. I check the guests. Finally, y'all can have me on. I understand. I understand. It is what it is. First of all, I, <laughs> yo, we didn't bring you in whoa, yet, whoa, whoa, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We didn't bring you this in This is yet. our time to talk. You got to just take this. Oh, uh, man. So, I have a list of my favorite five human beings of all time. Mm, mm, mm. It's a very, very prestigious list where many people who are on that list are people who I love and care about with all my heart, mm. soul, mind, and strength. Okay. My dad is obviously number one on the list. And I have a lot of people tied at number two. <laughs> The next person on this show is somebody who I love so much. He's on the number two list. Okay. Congrats. Zach Markham was on the list as well. He was Shout on the out. show. Shout out Zach Markham. This guy, when I first met him, I did not know who he was. I just thought he was um, just some guy at church. Okay. But little did I know, this guy was an award-winning musician. Mm, mm, mm. But I, I, I didn't know that until maybe two and a half years after I met him. It's a long time. A long time. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know. I don't follow music. <laughs> and the reason why that stood out to me is that he was always so humble. Okay. He was always so kind. He was always so caring, respectful, and giving that you couldn't tell any of his accolades. And he was somebody who, from a very, very young age, instilled in me 
that you never want your character to be lower than your giftedness or your giftedness to outweigh your character. This is somebody who I model my life after in many different facets. He is a serial entrepreneur, husband, father, church leader, intellectual, culture shaker. There's so many amazing things about our upcoming new roommate. Mm. Someone I love with all my heart. Please, guys, welcome to the show. The one, the only, Show Baraka. <laughs> See, I was a little upset at first <laughs> by all that shenanigans. About. <laughs> and then you just made up for it right there. So I guess I'm back to being, you know, I'm contented. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, Yo. man. I think I was I was on when you guys first, first, first started. Yeah, though. yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like 19. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. It was so, number 19. It was like four. No, it wasn't four. It was like 19-ish. No, I'm talking about like how many roommates there was. Oh. There was a lot of jokers talking. I just remember like talking to a lot of different people. I was one of them jokers. Yeah. So... But no, it's a pleasure to be on, man. And God bless what you guys are doing. And and uh, I guess you could say the, the ladder you're climbing. It's encouraging to see. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. you so much. Yes, so, like I said, man, I really did mean that in regards to who you are, show. I love you so much. You know, I, I, I tell everybody you're my uncle. I'll True. accept that. I'll take that. I'm at that age now where you got to kind of like except being the uncle. <laughs> it's like, like before I was like, like two years ago, I'd be like, nah, bro. Let me just, let me write out these last two. Now I'm like, you know what? I'll be the uncle. I'll be the uncle. It's okay. cool. Cool. But I appreciate you, man, and, and and seeing your life. There are not too many people. Well, no, no. You describe Hafiz how he was. <laughs> no, well, no, no you, so uh, Hafiz. Here we go. Yeah. Hafiz. This is good. This is going to, this is going to sound it's going to sound incendiary. It's not going to sound encouraging, but I think it's both good and it can be detrimental. No, okay. give as many details can be needy at times. Oh, my God. And so... Where's my water? Not, <laughs> and so there's not too many people who text me often that I'm like, you know, I feel a need to respond back. Hafiz is one of those people, even if it's not like immediately, I'll be like, I'll try to make an effort to be like, all right, well, let me get back with him. Even if it's just like, Yo, what up, bro? Because he, like, I don't want him to feel like I'm failing him <laughs> or abandoning him <laughs> because I feel like this, you know, this sense of, you know, I don't want to say paternal, like, Lizzo, but it do, I do feel like in some other way indebted to him and his growth. And so if you ever fail, I feel like I was a part of that failure. So don't fail is what I'm saying. Uh, so no, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's a good dude, man. I love you, bro. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Needy. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> oh, let me stop. But uh But no, on, on on that note, I think for me, and I wanna I wanna hear more, I want the people to know more about you. Mm -hmm. But real quick on that note, to me the reason why I was always so attached to you and to your brother and to a lot of the guys, it was like for the for, for me, you were you guys were everything I wanted to be in the future. Mm. You know? and like every aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to like copy it, you know? And I always wanted to be around you, I always wanted to learn from you, I always wanted to grow from you, and I did, yeah. you know? And I feel like a lot of people never got that opportunity, yeah. you know, to Absolutely. Like, like, like I said, I literally looked into my future and I said, just give me his life mm -hmm. and I'll be happy. No, I so you. I wanted to like do, I wanted to like emulate you so much and just copy everything that you did because like I said, I saw where you were at and all I wanted to do was like be there, you know, so. 
Yeah, I mean, it sounds flattering. I would, <laughs> I would definitely say <laughs> there are aspects of my life you do not want to copy. <laughs> but I understand what you're saying, and I yeah. admire. You know, I had, uh, I appreciate better. I appreciate because there are people in my life I did the same thing, right? You know, especially when I got to college, and there were men in my life that um, that I saw who I saw their marriage, and their marriage looked different than other marriages that I had seen before. They carried themselves differently, like they interacted in society in a way that I was like, man, there's a certain confidence yet humility that they have, a certain power that they, you know, a gravitas to them. And I think it's something that I would love and I would love to emulate. Um, and so <clears throat> I think the mark of good leadership and just good men in general are people who aren't afraid to reciprocate the things that they have into other people, right? I mean, that's just, that's Christianity one-on-one is the idea of what discipleship is, is how do I pour my life into other people? I think part of the problem with society today, especially celebrity culture, is that that's not seen as a virtue. People don't mm. want to reciprocate or even pour themselves out into other people because one, you got to be vulnerable. You know, you got to show you, it's like, you got to really know, like, people are going to be watching me and people are going to see every good and bad. They're going to see my gold. They're going to see my, my deficit. The other thing is, is that people don't want to reproduce themselves because it's a threat to who they are, like to their career and to their, you know, people want to be reserved and keep whatever pedestal or platform they have to themselves and not reproduce someone who can take their place. Right. And I, I think that was that's the reason why I think the gospel and Jesus is so amazing because this is someone who has all power, all wisdom, all knowledge. He's like, I'm here to be replaced. I'm here to bring, hey, to get other people to take my spot. And ho- are you qualified? <laughs> I'm just looking for some people who are willing to say, yeah, I'll listen. And so um, I had to become that person first. And I will definitely say you're one of those individuals who definitely have the characteristics of someone who's definitely teachable and thirsty, hungry, and humble and all those things. I don't know about Chris, but... <laughs> I came a long way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, no dopeness, bro. Yeah. So I guess my question to start off was I don't think a lot of people when they think about their favorite celebrity or whoever that may be, I don't think how many of us realize how much we romanticize these individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we we think of Will Smith as the Fresh Prince. Yeah. You know, we think of all these people as a character that we fell in love with. We think of Martin as Martin. You know, even though his name is kind of Martin, <laughs> but yeah. we think of these people as these characters. But then in reality, like they're a lot—not all of them, but a lot of times these people aren't good right. people. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and so one thing that I saw in you was that you were this you know larger than life figure for a lot of different people, but then you were still like a really great human being. And I guess how did you how did you get that way? How did you how did you process that? Like mm. what were, like what decide, what caused you to want to be on that path to not yeah. just develop your greatness, but also develop your character? <laughs> well, I think the foundational, <laughs> the foundational, I guess component to or variable in all of this is that I just don't see myself as a celebrity. I just don't think I'm famous. I don't think that I'm that important. My bank account doesn't. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Christian famous is one of the worst famouses you could be. <laughs> now I'm like a C level, maybe B level celebrity. Like maybe like now I'm C level. I'm definitely C level. I wasn't gonna say nothing, but I was like B level. You kind of pushed. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm definitely C level. No, see that's what I'm saying. Like you know, sometimes you think more highly of yourself. You need other people to bless you. Nah, nah, bro. So I'm definitely like C level famous, and um, and I think you have to be self aware of like you know. Introspective is like, yeah, I'm, people may know me, but in reality, like, like if I don't say something today, like people's days won't be like ruined. <laughs> like, it's like if I'm going for like a month, folks won't be like, I gotta hear something from show. Like, what is he? So that's one thing is I just never saw myself as famous, right? Um, um, the second thing is is I grew up in California, well, outside Los Angeles, and I had an aunt who worked in television on set, and so I had an opportunity to meet a lot of like famous people, not only through her, but just through my own personal life, trying to pursue music um, at a, as a teenager. So I got to meet lots of famous people. Who was the most person you met that you look up to the most? And who was the most disappointing person that you met? All right, so the person I met that, that lived up to it. Here there's two people. Two people I met that lived up to their, their stature, and I was actually shot. Magic Johnson. I met Magic. That brother was so bubbly. He like <laughs> he was. It was almost like he was excited to meet me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My boy was like. So we were at a concert. We were backstage at a concert, and my boy was like, "Oh my gosh, my my friend is the biggest Matt, like Laker fan." But can you just stay right here for a quick second? I'm gonna go run, go get him. And he and I, he came and got me. I hit the corner and I saw him. He was huge. Like yeah, he was yeah. huge, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at him almost like I've never been starstruck, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And granted, I'm back there with other celebrities. So we were on tour where like, this is back when New Edition had just started, like got back together, Missy Elliott. I mean, there's a whole bunch of famous folks. Brandy. Um, and so, but, I, you know, magic. And I'm just, I don't know what to say. I'm just yeah, like, yeah. you suck, you done. Triple double. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like around, got a triple double. So, he, I mean, his hands like swallowed my whole arm. And I was just like, yo. I mean, we didn't have a long conversation, but it was just like, just the fact that he was very amiable and, and inviting was just enough for me. I was like, yo. So he could talk all the trash he wanted about the Lakers and I ride with him. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other person who was really, actually, it's two other. Um, Deion Sanders was, I met Deion Sanders mainly through my cousin who was wearing his jersey walking through Vegas. Wow. And he saw him and he was like, come here, young fella, sign his jersey. And I was like, that was dope. Yeah. Whitney Houston. Oh, that's, so a, that's Whitney, a shocker. Yeah. So Whitney uh, sung my boy Happy Birthday because him and Bobby Brown had the same birthday. Oh, wow. wow. And so uh, Bobby... Bobby was, was Bobby was hella cool too. Just really crazy, really crazy. Uh, I got mad stories about being around. So we, the reason why I knew I was, we had a chance. Um, so my senior high school, I was in a rap group, and we were trying to get signed. And our manager worked with like all these celebrities, and so that we would go on tour with them. We never performed. We just we went on tour with the hopes that we can open up, like do one or two songs. Never got the chance, but we always got to travel. And so. Uh, and one of the groups we traveled with was New Edition when they came back together and they were doing like a reunion tour. And so one of the shows, Whitney was there and it was Bobby's birthday. And my boy, who's in our group, shares the same birthday. And so that she found out. And so she sung happy birthday to him as well. And I was like, bro, this is, I was like, 
do you know that we could die right now? <laughs> <now? laughs> Whitney just sang happy birthday to you. Bobby gave us like literally, I don't know why, maybe I shouldn't incriminate this dude. <laughs> Somebody gave us like a thousand dollars to go buy like what like Moet at the uh, like for the, and bring it back to the yeah. to the crew. They was like, yeah. yo, little man, go get us some, <laughs> go bring some more weapons. You got to. And we was like, yo, how about we run right yeah. now? Just keep the G. <laughs> Come back. But yeah, it was uh it was uh it was crazy. So I, I don't know if I want to put the bell on blast. This is just some disappointed person people. One uh, is a female artist here in Atlanta mm. uh who's really big. Not mm. as big now. But, <laughs> yeah, talk that is. Yeah, it's she, a reason why she's not that big. The reason why she ain't that big. <laughs> shouldn't it disrespect us? Um, let me try to see. I mean, honestly, I don't know. I really can't think of other than her. Uh, you got to say her name, but why? What, what was it about her that was she it? was just like she felt like you can tell like she 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 felt herself. Mm. She she was better. Than she you. was like yeah, and she. My homie was playing our demo to her. <laughs> And uh, I out the gate, she was on some. Oh, this trash, this trash. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, like word. You heard literally two like lines yeah, in the song. Yeah, yeah. And it was probably trash, but, <laughs> <laughs> but still, like keep yeah, that yeah, to yourself. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> nah, it wasn't trash. It just wasn't. See, our thing was, we were seventeen, eighteen. I think it was seventeen, sixteen, eight, somewhere around there. And we didn't cuss in any of our music. Um, cause our manager was trying to sell us as like, uh, they trying to get us to lie about our age. Mm. So even though we were like 17, 18, they wanted us to say we were like 16 so we can come off like as a boy, like a young hip hop boy band. So everything, you know, so it was kind of like, it was the music was whack. It was just very cheese, like hopeful mm. and youthful. And she was on some like, what is this corny stuff? You know what I mean? And as I look back, I thought it was dope. It is, but it is kind of like. It was like little bow wow ish, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it was, <laughs> but um, but yeah, man, I've met a lot of celebrities. Some of them just, you know, they know who they are. And this is one thing I will say. I get it though. Like, you know what I mean? Being a celebrity, being a C level celebrity, <laughs> <laughs> when I'm in environments where people like really know me, um, everybody wants you, everybody wants to talk to you. And everybody wants your phone number. I used to get be a point where I used to give my phone number out to anybody. Now I'm like, I'm like, nah, I can't give it because I don't want you calling me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and you do, you want to, you know, in a sense, you you have this reservation about how do I guard who I am and my likeness. For instance, uh, when I first moved to Atlanta, I ain't gonna say no names because this person is still a friend. Yeah. But I had a, I used to host a small group in my house, and one of these individuals took literally took a picture of my house and put it like on. Twitter and Facebook was like, yo, check out how show Baraka living. And I was like, bro, are you serious? Yeah. I, was like, I was like, I'm going to need you to take that down right now. Yeah. And so I get it. Like certain times, like there are certain people, especially people who are way more famous than me, like everybody wants a piece of you. Everybody wants something from you. They had, they believe they all have the greatest idea for your life. <laughs> and they like, this plan's going to work now. This is the one that you've been missing out on. Yeah. And so, you, you, you know, so oftentimes you're just like, like not another person. But you're not there. You're there because of the people who appreciate you and patronize you. And so for me, I'm just, I'm always about like, let me just try to be a regular person because I really truly believe I am a regular person. So, yeah. I, I mean, like other reasons, but those are, those are two that I think are really that entertaining. To me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. 
Oh, you looking at me? That's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, think of something. <laughs> I know, right? I know, right? You just get quiet and it's like, okay, now I got to come up with something. But um, as far as like, all the things that was been happening in your life, all the changes, like what are, like, your career, I feel like, took off real quick. And like, I really didn't know you until I got to college. And that's why I found my faith. And that's when I started dabbling in, in different kind of artists. So how can you start translating your music and your faith and combine that to really, you know, use that message moving forward? So how did I, like, how, how did I come yeah, to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think for me, man, I knew that I was always, I was always a communicator. At, at some age, I just knew that I was going to be speaking in front of people. I didn't know. And to what extent I thought I was going to be Arsenio Hall or like some sort of de- uh, y'all young bucks y'all don't know who Arsenio Hall is I was, I was like Jimmy Fallon or something I thought I was going to be like nah, a Jimmy Fallon right because I just always love talk shows and yeah. I was like I'm just going to I'm just going to host a talk show that's what I'm going to do and then I was like nah you know what I want to be a poet and then I was like nah girls like rappers they don't like <laughs> girls like rappers and so then I was like well let me start rapping and I kind of wanted to act as well then I like I just, Spike Lee was like one of my heroes so I was like well, I'll just direct I was like in some way I'm just gonna have to perform or uh, communicate or write or something and then when I became a Christian in college I was like you know the Lord didn't create me and give me all these skill sets just for me to just go and be a pastor <laughs> you know what I'm saying like like he's given me this gift of communication, this skill of writing, this this visionary mindset, this very creative culture cultivating um, for a reason. And so how and then it became just how am I going to use it? Um, the problem has been how to navigate the expectations of those folks who operate within Christendom, because folks have expectations for you, because they feel like art should be com- communicated this way, right? And then you have this makeup, right, that you've been developed and cultivated in a in a context. Everybody has a, a context in which they're birthed, in which they're made. And you can't just wash away or throw all that out right? and just and step on a stage and expect that I am going to communicate or assimilate into whatever product you guys want me to be. I grew up in a house of a Black Panther for a reason. Group, I mean, the Lord placed me in California for a reason. I saw the Rodney King beating for a reason. I saw the OJ trial for a reason. I saw Oscar Grant get murdered for a reason, right? Um, I went to a HBCU for a reason. And I found the Lord at an HBCU for a reason. And then he put me in a white church after that for a reason. And now I believe I'm an artist because of all that makes me who I am. And I have to communicate and articulate from that paradigm and if you want me to say i want if you if you tell me everybody can come everything about you can come well if you tell me the only thing that can come to the stage now is the white evangelical context that you spent some time in then that's not that's not me that's incomplete that's incomplete show baraka and so for me it was like all right how do i step back and begin to evaluate all of who i am the things that are beautiful about me the things that are broken about me and display this in a way that christ will be glorified because the thing about christianity is that god is working us towards perfection we ain't perfect yet and i and i think the problem is is our christian music operates in this in this faux perfection 
and we got to fake like we're perfect in in the now and so our music is always like a oh, glorious and it's like bro i'm broken i'm a broken nigga like yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. and let me let me communicate that right let me let me talk about my brokenness but also let me talk about it in in the light of hopefulness right because i don't want to just operate in despair i want to talk about the hope in jesus right i want to talk about how i you know i was molded in in this kind of activism household however there are some things about that that's broken that needs to be redeemed but you know there's things about our society there's things about the evangelical church that i saw and i'm like nah this is all messy there are things about it that's beautiful and brilliant right um and so i think i've been birthed at a nexus to be able to kind of interact and engage in all these spheres uh i don't do it in perfection but i think that's the beauty of who i am and and the sad thing is i don't think there's a lane for me um i'm hopefully creating that lane for folks who find themselves my progenies and i don't say that like in any kind of like paternal or patriot uh what's the word i'm looking for patronizing patronizing or uh like fatheristic with the word I, yeah. I don't know I'm I'm going stupid but I say that in a <laughs> way that like the there'll books. be people I know you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> paternal way but more so like a, like there'll be people who come after me who see the work that I've done are people who m- will never know who I am but they just have grown up in this kind of context and they need a lane where it's like well this feels like home no that's good and I, I feel like I'm kind of like the uh, the next I mean, obviously, you're still running your race, you know, but I feel like I'm like the next leg of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In my absolutely. opinion, because I remember when you uh, left Reach Records way, way, way back and you had an interview. I figure I, I, maybe it was with Wado, but I don't know. You did an interview with somebody mm-hmm. and then you made reference to like um, art as a Christian. Mm-hmm. You And then there was this quote like this. Everyone said something to me. Some of it's good. <laughs> Some of it's bad, but... Everybody has said something to me that I've never forgotten. I remember yeah. that phrase they said, and it stuck with me for the rest of my life. And you said that when it comes to like Christianity, which is re- like reflective or representative of the light, mm-hmm. you can say you can either make art of the light, mm-hmm. or you can make art of oop art of what the light has shown you. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's so powerful because the beauty of life is that both of that is glorifying to God, right? Absolutely. Like both of it's equally glorifying to God. It's not one is varsity, one is junior varsity, but both of that's glorifying yeah. to God. But then the challenge is, is, is that, like you said, there is this culture of full per- perfection. Mm-hmm. And I understand it because it's like on one end, people don't want to promote sinfulness. Right, absolutely. You know, but then on the other hand, you have to depict reality. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that that quote is it's actually not. I didn't come up with it. It's oh, a quote dang. from T Bone Burnett. But uh, I love it. And I I take it like <laughs> yeah, it's mine. yeah. <laughs> but it's you're right. It's like I I can either make um songs about the sun or I can make songs about what the sun helps me see. And so, um, I think that liberated me in so many ways because around that same time when I read that quote, I went to see a play on, on slightly off Broadway. Um, uh, about the screw tape letters, screw tape letters, C.S. Lewis's, you know, historical novel, and the individual who's, you know, portraying the main character was a Christian, Max McLean, and and I remember the the dialogue he had with the audience after the show, and just to sit there and to see like this Christian work being depicted on Broadway, seventy years after its creation, 
to an audience that is mostly of people who are have no Christian affiliation to me was so powerful. And it shows the the power of art and how art can disarm people to have conversations, whether we're trying to proselytize people or not. The goal is not, my goal is not to proselytize, to proselytize people, it's to to disarm people to have conversations, to to open up dialogue, to create space for for you know for dialogue to happen, and so if I can do that with my art, maybe now we won't be as antagonizing to a belief system that you once were extremely averse to, right? And so when I saw that, I was like, this is how I want to do my art. I want to do my art from a posture where people can know that I'm I'm a faith based artist. Where or in the sense that they know I'm an artist of faith, right? Everything won't be about my faith, but if I do have conversations about my faith, will it be hospitable enough where people can critique and have conversation? Will they be willing to even join the conversation? Because a lot of our Christian rhetoric is not even open for people to, to, to have conversation. It's more speaking at people. It's more demonstrative. It's not inviting and hospitable and says, hey, let's reason, right? This is what Jesus does. He's like, look, let me tell you a story. And or as Paul, like, you know, hey, let me tell you about the unknown God. And how do we use our, our creative abilities to be able to tell story in a way that can bring people in? And that's it's kind of been my my MO for the last I guess six years now, six, seven, eight years. No, that's that's dope. And that's yeah. that's something like I said, that's definitely shaped and impacted my life. But we have to go ahead and read our advertisement for our lovely partner at Skillshare. Shout out Skillshare. I love Skillshare, man. Make there, that money, bro. There's some great, lovely people. <laughs> so, The Roommates Podcast is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of amazing classes covering dozens of creative and entrepreneurial skills. You can take classes in everything from photography and creative writing to design, productivity, and more. So whether you're returning to a longtime passion project, challenging yourself to get outside your comfort zone, or simply exploring something new, Skillshare has classes for you. And like I told you guys, so many of you, um, in my opinion, probably need an extra 50 bucks yes extra hundred dollars extra two hundred dollars and you need to pick up a new skill whether that's photography i'm telling you know the, know the new skill that if you learn you can make so much money what is that Huffy? video editing oh my god if you can learn video editing all these want to be rappers all these people want to be podcasters and <laughs> movie stars and direct if you can learn video editing you can charge up to like i think low ball industry like if you got low ball in industries maybe like 40 an hour and that's just on the side, Easily. you know? So a lot of people can go ahead and go to Skillshare, learn Adobe, learn Final Cut if you want to use an inferior program. <laughs> inferior. <laughs> so obviously, you're not trying to get any kind of Final Cut promo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so go ahead, you know, go on Skillshare, learn and learn these skills, guys. And the dope part about this partnership is free. And Chris, you said you've been on Skillshare. You checked it out and you saw a lot of dope classes. Yeah, it's a lot of amazing things that people can learn on Skillshare. It comes from cooking to character development to skill development all oh, these character things. developments on hey, there man, you hey listen guys it's on there build that find character. it want it do it it's all on skillshare like i said it's good enough to pick up a hobby so you can continue creating a better you love it so join the millions of students already learning on skillshare skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners just for you you guys get two two i'm 
butchering this today. Two free months of Skillshare Premium. That's right, guys. Skillshare is offering our listeners two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free, guys. That is free. You don't pay a single money. Unlimited classes just for free, just for you. So to sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash roommates. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash roommates to start your two free months now. That's Skillshare.com slash roommates. And guys, as always, the link is in the description below. Yep. Sign up, improve your life, gain more skills, make more money, build your character, change the world. We love you, we love you, we love you. Now back to our scheduled programming. Here we go. So another thing about you show that I feel, and I realized as you were talking about everything, I said, okay, this is where I want to go next. A lot of times in today's world, I feel like a lot of people sacrifice their family on the altar of success. Hmm. <laughs> I just hit you, huh? <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was like a spiritual yummy. Now mm. I was thinking about, I think I was having this conversation with somebody this week. I think it was. Okay. Oh, I didn't know if you no, was. No, no, okay, okay. You no, were cool, finished, cool. or you no, 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 okay. <laughs> Are you finished, or are you done? Are you done? Are you treated? Yeah. But yeah, and so I've I've seen like especially in today's era, everybody wants to be rich, everybody wants to travel, everybody wants to have money, the car, the apartment, the house, all this stuff, and then people still kind of want family. But what they really want is just the projection of a family on social media <laughs> while they're just pursuing their stuff and neglecting them. Mm. And one thing that I saw from you is that you took your family seriously. Mm. You took pouring into your family seriously. And even at points, it was like sometimes to the, I wouldn't say that's the detriment of your career, but like you made the sacrifice was never career over family, right. you know? And, and like, I just think that's such a, like, we don't even talk about that in today's age. We're just so yeah. driven about success, success, success. And I wanted you just to, well, it's kind of cultural go, go ahead. because, uh, I think we, I don't even know if we have people who are probably gen X and older, um, maybe some millennials, some like the older, 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 older millennials, and uh, and up, have a different understanding, like a different value system of what a family is versus those who are maybe younger. Like you talk about family, we think family as a necessity for building healthy communities and nations and healthy individuals. Right? Some people see family as a weight. <laughs> as a burden to for me to achieve my goals and et cetera, right? And so I think first we got to just even come to the grips. So like, how do we even view the utility of other people, community, family, right? And not even just maybe your immediate, but just uh, real authentic community of people who you do life with. And I don't know if this is just a new issue of people not being able to balance the idea of success and family. Because when I think about many of my heroes, if I want to be real, a lot of those men weren't great husbands and fathers. They were great revolutionaries. They did great in in getting their names in history books. But when you think about their family, they had to say, like, you know, they made a choice. And if I'm honest, I'm... I appreciate the fact that they made that choice because <laughs> I wouldn't have a lot of the liberties or even some of the uh, um, 
the desire, like the the passion, because of how, who they are and what and the examples that they set for me to kind of like follow. But however, the one thing I don't want to emulate is sacrificing my family in order to to achieve that. And I think it's even ridiculous to even consider that, honestly, because I mean, when you think about the greatest way of reproducing the world you want is through family, right? If you think about, well, I want the world to emulate a value system that I think is best for the world, then you instill that in your children, you instill that in your relatives, you instill that in nieces and nephews, or you come together in family, you say, hey, how do we make this world better? Well, we start within the confines of this household or our extended family, right? And I think people are just saying, you know what, I'll do it by dollars or I'll do it by platform versus I'll do it through people. And we're so platform driven. We say, how do I build a platform to speak at people, right? Because, but then what happens is people keep their eyes focused and fixed on those platforms. But after a while, they get distracted to another platform. And then after a while, you get platform burnout. And you're just like, you know, why am I listening to all these people? And And then I realized my life is miserable still. You know what I'm saying? And then you end up running to who? Family. Because you realize those are people who actually really care about you. When I found out, and this is no shade, but when I found out like my kids had autism, my favorite celebrities weren't coming to console me. Like people with platforms, because they they don't care. They just want me to consume whatever product they have, right? And uh, I mean, I know that's just harsh generalization, but the reality is, is people are narcissistic. We just a narcissistic culture, and we promote narcissism because. We just lack empathy for other folks unless it has something to do that orbits around our own self. And uh, I think family, man, is honestly, I'm quite scared about what our world is going to look like, especially America, what America is going to look like in the next 15, 20 years, because marriage is being not only just in a, in a not, and I don't, I'm not even talking about like a sexual ethic kind of argument. I'm talking about in general, people just don't value marriage anymore. Um, people don't value commitment. So this idea of being committed to a person and building a family, it's like, why do that? Let's just have fun and have sex and enjoy all the people we want to enjoy and have sex with. Well, then you, you build, you raise children in that. And so then the children are raising this idea of, well, there's no sense of commitment and brokenness. And so it's just normalized, right? And so if you build cultures and on top of that, then there's no such thing. It's not just going to be families. It's going to be an idea of longevity and 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 temperance and self-control that's being lost and thrown out the way as well. Like folks won't be committed to jobs. They won't be committed to friendships. The, this whole idea, no new friends. That's the most, one of the most ridiculous idioms I've ever heard. Like in order for you to progress in life, you need new friends, <laughs> right? Um, and, you know, it's, it's just this idea. I think a lot of our uh, sociological tropes, I just feel like are just, it's scary to me. It's just, it's scary and I think my job is to make sure my daughter, as she's engaged in culture, is like, look, I know it sounds cool, but let me tell you the dangers about what this this ideology is creating. So, um, and plus I have a wife, if I ever thought about leading her, she would kill her. She would kill me. So it's like, uh, and I love my wife. And so she's, we have some, we've had definitely some hard years in our marriage, but I think the beautiful thing about our understanding about relationship and marriage is that like separation wasn't an option, right? It was just more like, well, we're grown adults. We made a commitment to one another. Like if we weren't serious about this, we shouldn't have joined. Like we shouldn't have come together and made an agreement that we were going to have a family. 
because once you start bringing other people into an equation, that's that's you're leave you're gonna leave a wake of damage in your bad decision making. And I wanted to make sure that I was gonna fight for whatever relationship. And I think that's even true in friendships, man. Like, how do we even fight for friendships? Um, so, yeah. What are some of the benefits of focusing on character building, family, the people around you, versus building a platform, career, and success? I don't see this is a good thing. That's a good question because I don't see them as mutually exclusive. I say as you build character, that informs what your platform looks like. Now, when you when you you create this bifurcation of like, well, this is my work life, or this is my platform, and this is my like, and I and I see a lot of rappers or musicians who. Like they have these platforms where they talk about, they rap about their their nightlife and their street life, but then you realize that they're married with children and they have a beautiful family and they're actually good husbands, right? And you're like, like this, the, yo son, the math ain't adding up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, and it's why do we, why are we perpetuating this idea that we have to, the only way for you to be marketable is, marketable is for you to be like to live a stripper lifestyle or to 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 have all of these you know side pieces and et cetera et cetera right never rap about your marriage never talk about your you know the 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 lifestyle of raising children like you couldn't name me more than five songs where a rapper or RB singer talks about raising children and being faithful in their committed lovely married married life like this is just so anyway I think as you build a platform I think that's part of it's is basic to me it's a testament of who you are. Right, and so as you're seeking out whatever platform or whatever career you're you're moving towards, I think you have to make decisions about the type of person you want to be, because you cannot divorce who you are from the work you do. And I think that's a theology. And if I can get real deep, like this is a theology that I think is missing not only in our churches, but it's an ideology that's missing in our classrooms. Because the reason why systems are broken is because people have divorced their humanity from their work. And so I can go in here and I can I can create these systems that are unjust, that are that marginalize people, that exploit people, but I feel like, well, I that's only what I work, that's only what I do for a living. That's not actually me, right? You think about predatory lending and how they exploit people in communities, and it's like people make money off of that and they get rich. And it's like, well, that's damaging community. That's hurting broken people, right? And so, or that's that's breaking, uh, that's that's creating broken people and broken situations. Um, and that's a job that a lot of folks would see as something that's not problematic, I guess you can say, right? People can create laws that are, you know, the reason why people can lynch folks and then turn around and go into church tomorrow and or the next day and praise. Like this is, you have to understand like what does your, ideology or your theology inform you as an individual that so that you can't divorce the character development or the character building or who you are versus the things you do and i feel like oftentimes even in the church folks struggle with that and we have a problem with being able to to marry those two ideas and concepts and so for me i just that's foundational that's so this is a gospel that i believe like the gospel is that god is reconciling me to him He's reconciling me to you guys and other folks, but he's also reconciling me to the work I do. 
when you see God creating, these are the things that he creates. He creates relationship with him. He creates relationship with the nature, with, with one another and, and how we work. And so when, when, when everything falls apart and Jesus is saying, I'm here to redeem these things. Well, he's not just here to redeem your personal relationship with God. He's here to do more than that. He's here to redeem your relationship with other people and how you work and how you create or how you cultivate your activities. And so, um, that's the gospel to me. And so when I think about my platform and what I do, I can't divorce what I'm doing versus who I am as a, as a believer in Christ. No, that's, that's really good. And I, 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 I enjoyed, I enjoyed that, that concept of you constantly, you know, fixating just a holistic transformation of your Absolutely. life and not just putting things into different systems and brackets. I think that you can literally go on a whole rapid trail um, of a discussion in regards to that. What do you think is the allure? Like what is the draw to people that causes them to want to sacrifice their family for career? What do you think people are missing? What do you think people are trying to get, which makes that 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 exchange so enticing? I think it's a high value. Well, the first thought is a high value of money and fame, low value of, of family, like currency let's think about currency right and i'm not just talking about just in like the physical currency like what is what is most valuable to you and if most if the thing that's most valuable to you is people then what's the most important people relationships you have and if it's not family then okay well maybe you get sacrificed whatever whatever the and for some folks their most the most valuable currency in people are fans platform I need to please this individual who's going to give me an opportunity to get to this next space. Well, for me, my most valuable relationship, my, the most valuable currency that I can have is the exchange of currency that I have with those folks upstairs. Right? I want my, my daughter to be proud when she goes to school. I want her to brag about her father. I want the relationship of me and my boys to be one that feels like it's authentic. And though they don't talk to me in the ways that I want them to talk, we communicate and we and I we feel one another's energy and presence and and I want my wife to know like no matter where I go, my heart is always going to be committed to her and this family. Um that doesn't mean I don't want dope stuff. <laughs> it doesn't mean that I don't want to be excellent and 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 it's not I, honestly I don't even want to be famous. Um, and oftentimes I think the Christian, this, we, we, we kind of, instead of famous, we talk about impact. It's like, I just want to have an impact. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, now we're just intoxicated with this impact term. I just, <laughs> man, honestly, I just want to be faithful to, that was going to be really like vague. Let me get more specific. I think what I want, what would be meaningful for me at the end of the day is to know that, man, with all the resources that I've had the raw materials that God has blessed me with, that I used them to the best of my ability. And I just didn't like, I left it all on the floor. You know what I mean? And I know I'm not doing that, but um, that's why every day I just know I can do better. And that doesn't mean fame. That doesn't mean stardom. That doesn't, even, that doesn't mean money. That just means like, if I've been given this ability to write dope lines, Am I doing that in a way that is really going to enlighten and awaken people? I'm not even talking about conversion. I'm just talking about like, man, are people going to be like, man, I was like, that was insightful. Like if I can get my neighbor to stop beating his wife, mm. that's a good thing. You know what I mean? He may not ever come to Christ. You know I mean? <laughs> he may not ever love God, but like, you know what? Stop beating on your wife because 
she doesn't need that life. You know what I mean? And so this is these are the kind of things that I just I just want to make this world in every way possible a step closer to a more redeemable place that reflects the image of God. And um, yeah, and that's I guess that's the currency that 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 drives me. And I think other folks are they're intoxicated with fame. They're intoxicated with with platform and, and, and importance and there are so many tools out there now that gives us those opportunities to be those folks and to, to, to reach and strive for that veneer. How did you like value that type of currency? Was it uh, a person in your life, father, brother? Yeah. Was it, you know, Jesus? Was it Christianity? How I, did I you think I had it before I even became a Christian. I think part of it was is seeing the brokenness in my parents' marriage, seeing... Um, like how their marriage didn't work. And I was just like, man, I just don't want that in my life. Cause I saw how it affected me. I saw how it affected my family my brothers and sisters. Uh, I saw how it affected them. It was like, nobody wants to be miserable, bro. Like this is like, you know, but the, this is the thing about like the wake of leaving people miserable is like, you don't really care because you really are looking out for your own self-interest. And guess what? Nothing beats or trumps your own self-interest. And I said that purposely. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. right? Because when you have your own self-interest, it's like you you don't you don't see people as they should be seen. You don't want to sacrifice. There's no compromise. There's no there's no uh, no image image bearing of those folks. It's just like you know what I am out for my own self-pleasure, and whatever I need to do to push my own personal agenda forward, I'm going to do that. And I and I just saw that that's just not a way to live. And so I you know honestly I think. I became a very compassionate person early in my life, man. Just realizing that, how do I live selflessly? But I mean, obviously, I, you know, I have very selfish moments and I've been selfish in life. But I think when I became a Christian, I think that intensified it. It gave me long lasting foundational truths to live on rather than just, I'm going to do it because my family ain't going to do it because eventually that's going to wear off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But then it was like, yo, there's a reward for this. And not only the word, this is a better lifestyle. Like this is better for the the ethos of our society, our culture in general. And uh, like this, this creates a better world. And hey, this is a truth I want to live on. And so, um, yeah, I think. And then the other thing is like, when you're in poverty, when you see poverty, you live in poverty. And there's been times when I've, you know, I've lived in poverty, uh, not like abject poverty, but there were times where I was broke, broke, broke. You know what I mean? Uh, as a as a child, and uh, but then I've also been to different countries where I've seen like poverty. But when they have family. It's like they don't know what poverty is until like someone like me walks in. I got all this ridiculous excess that I don't really even need, and I, you know, and I explain to them that they poor. You know, <laughs> like let me tell you what's happening right here. Y'all eating out of that can because you're poor. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> you're poor. It's like, well, I didn't know I was poor. I was perfectly content with my life, right? I was cool with it. You know what I mean? Um, um, but I mean, and I, that's. The generalization, it's probably dangerous generalization because I'm sure some people recognize that they're in poverty and they don't want that life. But the point is, is like you can make, you can find contentment in things when you have family and people that you love with you. And I think when I was young, we were rich because my father played pro ball, parents got divorced, and then I was in a place where we were pretty broke. But you know, honestly, when I look back, and this is not revisionist history, this I'm just, I'm, I think I'm being as, as honest as I can be. 
even in those moments where we were broke and we were living in section eight and you know in the hood i just i mean i don't remember being miserable i don't remember like hating my life because i had three brothers that i mean two brothers that we had fun together i had a sister we had fun together and we went outside Bro, you want? Yeah, I'm I mean, he acting like an amateur right now. Yeah, it's, 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 not, it's getting ridiculous now. No, I have, I have it's alarm. Not, it's not it's getting ridiculous. It's alarm. It's an alarm. You know, I keep me pray. Speak, speak life into yourself. I already know what's going on right but, now. But uh, I was just saying, like I, you know, when you have a community of people around you who, who all uh, can step outside and say, "Hey, we we still have life, and we have, you know, we have each other." I think that's enough, man. I think that's enough. Like. And that's the, the beautiful thing is about this world is we'll probably never be able to alleviate poverty, but that doesn't mean poverty is the alleviation of hope like and love for people. Because I think no matter what circumstances you live in, there's always hope and love that can be obtained by people. Mm. I remember there's this quote by Mother Teresa or a story from Mother Teresa who that really shaped my life. And um, there was this lady, I tell it all the time, so I feel like your brother. You know your brother tells <laughs> yeah, the story. Yeah, he My brother be telling stories like, he's like, this is the first time anybody's heard this one. <laughs> like, you, <laughs> like, brother, like, you tell it yesterday. <laughs> but there was a story by Mother Teresa, and she and there was this, um, she had an orphanage in India, and there was this girl from med school who was volunteering at the orphanage for, you know, a long period of time. And she went to Mother to Mother Teresa, and she said, you know what, I'm going to drop out of medical school. I think she was doing like rotation at that time. I'm going to drop out of medical school. I'm going to come here and work for your orphanage because I've seen the poverty in these in these neighborhoods and I just want to help solve it. And Mother Teresa just like, she shook her head and she said, no. Yeah. She said, don't, don't come here and help us. Go there and help your people because the physical poverty in the East is only rivaled by your emotional poverty Come in the on, West. Somebody. And so that's that, the realist right there. Yeah. <laughs> and so what you literally described, and it's so hard because I feel like for most people, they will never get whatever they wanted, so they'll never be able to see it. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. like everybody, like nobody will be able to get the Maserati. Mm -mm. Nobody will be able to get the, the, the house and the seven figure salary. So everyone's chasing the cheese. Everyone's on the hamster right. wheel. And that that alone gives them the hope that if I can get it, I'll be happy. Right. But it's only this, the select few, you know, i.e. the crazy Jim Carrey rants, you know, right. where once they do get it, they're like, this meaningless here. Right, this right, vanity, right. as Solomon yeah. would say. And yeah, and I, 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 and I, I truly believe that. And. I'm a huge proponent of telling people to pursue what they believe will bring them long-lasting joy. But, man, there's a serious, serious problem with our value system in America that leaves people depressed, miserable, and frustrated. Yep. And you know why depression is so high now is because I think it's, it's not just it's not coincidence. It's like we live in an information age where everybody can get access to things so quickly. And what that does to people is we get to see and we're exposed to more, right? And because we're exposed to more, we get to envy more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we're more jealous people. We get we get like anxiety because we're missing out on everything. It's like, man, I see my friend was in Aruba last night. Oh yeah. man, now I, sh I should be in Aruba. Yeah. Now I'm depressed. What is my life? I gotta go uh, back to AT and T. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. So now we you know get the lust over lives over Instagram, right? And it, it's such an interesting, such an interesting dichotomy, not dichotomy, but a paradigm because one. To what you're saying, Hafiz, is so true because we recognize that poverty is not the worst thing in the world, right? But 
we also know that people don't want to be poor, right? Like in, n none of us are going to like give everything up, just go living in, in you know poverty intentionally, right? Because I mean, it doesn't make sense. However, it's funny because on the flip side of that, a lot of our arguments for people to have better lives is just to get them to have more money. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's like, mm. that's not the answer. Yeah, it's not so like true. getting people more money doesn't resolve like issues, life issues, right? Man, and, and, and it's hard for cutting you off. Two points. One is like, it's so hard to tell that to somebody who didn't have a lot of money because they just believe that's the solution. Absolutely. You know, but, the, but a lot of times what they don't ever realize is it's like a combination of both. Mm -hmm. They had emotional and physical poverty. Yeah. So they never think the solution is the emotional wealth. They think the solution Absolutely. is the physical wealth. And on that other point, I remember I was listening to this guy and he's a friend of you and I, so I don't want to call his name out. But uh, he was giving a sermon and he was saying what every parent says in 2019 or whatever year it was back then that I want to give to my children everything I never had as a child. And I and That's I good. and I it's noticed a quick that, way of raising a terrible child. And I know <laughs> and I noticed that whenever people describe that, they always describe stuff. Yeah. They never describe time. Mm -hmm. They never describe love. Yeah. They never describe you know what? My dad never hugged me and kissed me. I want to hug and kiss my kid. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. dad never spent time with me with my homework. I want to do that. It's always I want to buy him the new phone or get him the new shoes. The new Jordan, it's yeah. always stuff. Yeah. And I was like, yo, like, our value system is so completely jacked up no, it is it is on so many levels uh it's not much to add to that but just that yes that it is it's man i like i said i'm scared I, it's, it gets even more real when you raise a child because you start to realize like no matter what you do as a parent you think like you're the one who's influencing all the decisions they still they learn from other people they have friends that they are impressionable i mean you know, I would think that I'm the coolest dad ever. Yeah. But guess what? I just can't compete with other 12, 16, <laughs> you know, and uh, 14 year olds. I just can't compete with them because yeah. for some reason, they're always going to be more cooler to my daughter. Mm. <laughs> so, but my daughter respects me. Yeah. And by the way, she, my daughter was, I will say, she should have been valedictorian of her eighth grade graduation. Yeah. But they gave it to someone else, even though she had a higher GPA. Okay. A little salt. Yeah, I'm very upset. So she was salutatorian. But anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, just raising a child, you get to realize like the impact and how impressionable they are towards culture. And so rather than trying to say like, you can't do this or you can't do that, it's like, how do we get her to build muscles of critical analysis? So when you engage in something, well, let's process this. Let's ask questions. Let's dissect it. Let's, you know, do a 360 period, like, you know. And rather than just trying to say, don't do that, don't touch, don't eat, don't drink, you know what I mean? Like, well, what is this person saying? What, are, what is the value? Like, what do we think this is going to benefit us? What are some of the unintended consequences that can come from holding this idea? How do you not, like, freak out as a parent? I do, <laughs> man, I do. I mean, it's, but then it's like, it's really one of those situations where it's like, you could do everything you think is right, but at the end of the day, it's just, you got to leave it up to God, man. You leave it up to that's why the principles, like this is the thing, like principles are extremely important. You can do all the formulas, you can create and mix up potions and, and take the sip. No, and, but at the end of the day, it's like <laughs> the principle is what you're trying to instill in them. It's like love. I'm not going to tell you how to love, but I just need you to know that love or, all right, well, I just need you to be a critical thinker. Like when people say, think through this, process this, you know what I'm saying? Be a caring person, repent, be a humble person. What is... You know, 
No, I'm not going to tell you how to be humble. I'm just going to tell you just as, this is what humility is and try to try to to wear this often, right? And then you you send them out to the world. It's like you give them all the tools. You're like, "Look, here's a bat. I this is how I used to swing. You may swing differently, but just see, here's the bat. You got the tool now. All I'm saying is you may not even use it to swing. You just may use it as a walking stick. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But figure out how to Here's a here's a helmet. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. This is what I use the helmet for, but so th- I think this more so is just giving them the proper tools and saying, do what you got to do. And the teenagers are probably the most ridiculous. Everybody I meet is like, look, you just pray and fast on the teenage years. And then when they come back as an adult, they're like, thank you. <laughs> just because I was a jackass when I was a <laughs> And I know me too. It's like, I don't care what my father or mother would have told me. I did what I wanted to do when I was a teenager. And... <laughs> I never forget my mom. mom. No, I'm, just, I'm not gonna share that. But yeah, I uh, I did some I did some ridiculous stuff, and yeah. uh, but the good thing was is that my mom knew I was gonna do it, and she just said basically make sure you talk to me, or you you know you're real with me about what you're doing, mm. and I think that was probably one of the best pieces of advice she ever did for me because then I wasn't trying to hide stuff, you know what yeah. I mean. So, and then I realized that, you know, at some point, this is not the life I want to live. So, so for people who hearing what you're sharing, really inspired by your life, they want to, they want to have a legacy. They want to have a family. They want to follow in your footsteps. What would you say are three core values or three core principles that you've not only established in your life, but you also try to replicate that in your family? So I got this necklace. Oh, I'm not wearing it right now. Dang. Oh, that's so, that completely <laughs> not dead. Not dead. Um, so my wife and I have like a mission, and we just—it's really five words, and I think I'll just use three of them. Um, one is give, and that just is how—how how do you give of yourself? How do you give of your talents? How do you like? I think the idea is that in the religious context. Christ gave of himself. God God gave Christ over to the world so that we may live. When you give, man, you're giving life to people because you're, you know, it's all beautiful things in nature give, right? They give and they, you know, they give, some of them give to the point to where they die, you know what I mean? And so I think as human beings, we're so consumed with taking or we're so just let me take, 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 hoard and not think like, how do I give life to other people and other things? And so uh, create is another word we have. And uh, out of everything, like I'm a creator, not only in the vocational sense, but just um, in a more, in the sociological, like we create things, we create systems, we create ideologies, we create stories, right? And those things shape identity for people. Um, Spike Lee and Bill Cosby created a narrative around HBCUs that impacted me as a kid. If they never created those school days in in, in um different different world, if they never created school days in different world, then I probably would have never had this indelible impact to go to a HBCU. But because they told those stories and they created that I that imagination for people to see, like yo. That made me, uh, you know, a young kid be like, yo, I want that. That's what I want. I want to, 
And in the same sense, I recognize on a much smaller sea level <laughs> platform, I'm able to do that for people, right? I think like my album Talented Tenth was an album that was able to create a do a, a different Christian context for people who only heard who felt like, man, the only thing I'm hearing about Christianity is white evangelicals, white heroes, white slaveholders. Is there anything black about Christianity? And I was like, it has to be, right? And that's when I was like, man, I just know through history, I've read about so many people, I'm going to talk about them. And I, Talent of Tenth was an album that I felt was like, man, let me celebrate my blackness while at the same time celebrate the fact that I love God with all my heart, my body, and soul. And so how do we create? And... Uh, obviously love and so and love is not just some it's so it's just so weak such a weak word nowadays because people just, oh either it's either weak in a sense that people don't value its true meaning or they take it they take it for weakness and I think whether people see it as a weakness I think it's we're still called to do it and I, I don't think our culture has really truly Understood what it means to love. I'm gonna say something really controversial. Please. Even loving Trump. Like, how do we love people that we know like has does not have our best interests? Because if Kanye has said anything recently that makes sense, is this fact that he's on this love trip, right? You know what I'm saying? It's like, how do I man, I'm just trying to love. I feel like love would bro, that's to me, like that's real, but I know that's something that that people aren't for now. It's like, nah, you know what I'm saying? It's you know, it's weak, it's civilities that my thing is like, man, anger begets more anger. Wrath begets more wrath. And guess what? We don't need racism in order to hate each other. All you just need is a human being that you don't get along with. And guess what? We'll beef one another. You can go to Africa and find that. You can go to India and find that. You can go to Ireland and find that. People beef with the same people, the same skin color. And the reason why we, because we refuse to love one another despite our differences. And uh, the moment we surrender ourselves to love, I think we'll find a better society. But I think we're such we're we're in a uh, outrage culture that everybody wants to see how who can be the most outraged by an incident, and so it's like, no, nah, I'm more outraged about Trump than you, are. which we should be. We should definitely. But I want to be outraged because I love people, not only them, but I'm I'm like, man, not only are you this individual seeing other people in a corrupted view, you're seeing yourself in a in, in a corrupted way, and I love you, and I'm gonna expo- I'm gonna let you know. That you're that you're you're being foolish right now, and then I think that's in the same sense of Jesus interacting with the prostitute. He's saying y'all are about to stone her. Y'all got a bad view of her. I love you guys, and so therefore I'm gonna expose you to this blindness that you have. But I'm also tell this prostitute, y'all, you need to hey sis, send no more, get it together, because you got a corrupted view of how you see yourself. And I love you, and that's what I'm gonna tell you about that. And uh, yeah, I think um, those three things for me is. Are, are three of the five kind of like values that we live by. And we fail, but I usually have it on my necklace to remind myself. And on the other side, we have our wedding date. So she reminds me that um, I belong to somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Before before y'all go, I want to give you something. Oh, hold up now. Um, large. large. Right, I know I got some in here. Okay. I just, I, I'm, I'm not used uh, to receiving oh, gifts. What, what, hey, you know the the <laughs> camera's not connected to the tripod, so be careful. Okay, I'm gonna make sure I won't knock it over. Okay. Yeah. That's that's some money. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. you no, talented no, tip money. That's where it's gonna come from. <laughs> right, here we go. So. 
Your butt's all in the camera. Jeez, Louise. My donk, my donk, donk. <laughs> the donk-a-donk? So I want to give y'all a gift. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, I'm mad at it. Here we go. Because I believe you guys are all of these things. Are you? <laughs> Make sure you're oh, in the camera. Yeah, sit I, sit I, down I, and hold the shirt up. Lord, Lord Jesus. So I want to give you these. I want to give you guys these gifts because I believe okay. you guys are all of these things, right? So, if you guys remember on my first, uh, I mean, my, the first song on the narrative album, my man Adam Bean had a line. This feels like it's bigger than a large. It's, yeah, that's kind of big. It's all good, boy. This is a large, bro. Oh wow. And so, chocolate charm, ebony ingenuity, and black brilliance. Okay. Oh wow. And so. Um, I want to get these to y'all. Oh, thank these you. These are large. If you want a smaller version, let me know. I think I got a medium. Appreciate it. That one looks like a smaller than that one. Maybe. Hey, man. I ain't going to lie to you, man. I need the large, man. Show us. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Gosh. man. Y'all continue to, to you know, be dope and oh, uh, man, thank you so be much. all of those things, bro. That's very sweet of you. This is the you first said, gift we ever got on the show. Like, yeah. I don't know what to say. Hey, <laughs> thank you so much. Any uh, other questions you have from Jordan? Uh, nah, man. I, I think it's just um so encouraging not only for us but i think for our listeners men and women and because we've been on this high character high value mm -hmm. you know wave and in the art of becoming and we're trying to get to where god called us to be and to really show our audience a man you know not only a man but a black man that you know you're in that position and, and they're out there and they exist and give them something to strive to it's just really you know, blessing. Like it's, it's Amen. like this Amen. is like one of the reasons why we're doing the show. Amen. So we can tell people like these kind of people exist, and these values are real, and these values are very important because the world, like you said, is getting scary in ten to fifteen years, even today. Yeah, my thing is, man. I know, and I, I get everything you're saying. I think we have to also dead this narrative like there's not a lot of people out there like that like there are man there's a lot yeah, of like, we, like we, i think it's yeah, i'm not saying but we right, have to expose right, right. them yeah. we have to expose them but i'm yeah. saying like there, there are people who like to think that they're not like yeah. you know what i mean like my i would like to think all of my friends are these types of kids like i don't want i don't want to surround myself with people who don't have high character high value right you know but here's the thing the problem is and i love the questions that you guys have been asking is we are we're looking to the wrong places for those people exactly. right we're looking to celebrities for those folks like and nah i mean it's usually everyday heroes are the folks who work nine to fives people who live in our communities who who uh yeah because celebrityism and, and and stardom does something to you and it does i yeah you felt that a little bit oh uh, yeah all the time i've i've had i know I've been asked to compromise on things, and I have I have family members who worked in Hollywood, and uh, they've been asked to do some things, and yeah, I was talking to one of my cousins actually the other day, and she worked in Hollywood, and uh, she's been in some pretty big movies, and some of the things she just hit me, she was like, "Yo, you would be shocked about like." Some of the times, like men have asked me to come to like do a rehearsal or a read in a hotel room at a certain time, and and I'm like, word, that's like so deep. She was saying like, she literally went out to a, um, an audition for a, a, a spot, and it was her and another girl who was competing for this for the spot. And I guess she came in one day, and another the girl, the woman, the woman came in on another day, and she was sitting in a chair, and a dude just whipped out his penis and started ejaculating. I mean, and start uh, jacking off in front of her. And she was just like, oh, like what? A, like she, and so she just let him finish and then she did her thing, like her, 
her let him she was like and then she could continue yeah like that's ridiculous and and then she read her part she was like i'm i don't know what you're doing but i'm just gonna i came here to do a reading and she didn't get the part apparently and then that and she was saying i wonder what the other girl did you know what I'm saying? And so this is this is like what I'm saying. Like, and I'm not saying that's not indicative of everybody in Hollywood. Everybody in Hollywood didn't get their role because they was like, yo, okay, let me help you out with that ejaculation. <laughs> but it was like, you know, this is this is the world that when that's normal, like to me, that's I'm like, and then just celebrity in itself is just so interesting. It's uh, it's not inherently evil, but it's interesting. Like the fact that you have all these people constantly applauding you and praising you and loving you and then you feel like I have to continue to like the, and this is where I probably felt this this is like the need to constantly always be relevant like how do I continue to make sure that I'm in in the people's mind and you have to at some point be like you know what I don't even I don't care I got to live I got to live my own life I haven't posted anything in like almost two months now on social media well yeah definitely on instagram maybe on some other um but i'm always so anyway the point is is that like it's okay for people people you'll be all right if people you disappear you'll be all right like, <laughs> like the, world, this, the world will still evolve you still live and if you truly believe in your talents then when you're ready to say something do something then let your talent speak not the fact that you just want to stay relevant you just post stuff and say stuff and be here and be in uh, i'm just like man i hope my content and my and my content my character and my craft speak for myself amen amen so for the people who want to reach out to you where can they reach out to you at bro i'm i'm disappearing right? i'm nowhere right now bro i'm nowhere but i'm everywhere <laughs> uh on all my platforms across social media i am uh Amisho Baraka, A M I S H O B A R A K A. Um, as I said, I'm really not active right now, but there'll be a time where I get back on there because I have a lot of stuff in the pipeline, and so I'm really excited about a lot of stuff I'm working on. Um, my website is Barakaology, so that's B A R A K A O L O G Y dot com, and so I mean that's just stuff. I'll just post stuff up there, like things that I think are interesting. Like maybe an interview I've done, stuff like that. Um, if you're in Atlanta, catch me. At, I mean East Point, shot it. East Point, yeah. You know I mean Point shot it. East Point shot it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, I'll catch you so headland and the low. I'm good. You know what I mean? So. Appreciate your show. Like I you said, uh, you're always an inspiration, such an encouragement. I'm glad that the audience were able to be blessed by the wisdom that I'm constantly getting through the past seven years of my life. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much. All right, man. Y'all be blessed and y'all continue to do excellent. Thank, thank you. you so yeah. my name is Hafiz. This and is I the end up... show, baby. Dang, I was supposed to say, and I'm next to the one and only. Oh, you didn't say that. I know. I was, I was, I was trying to do something new to I this got time. a shirt, man. I'm excited. Let me <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm Hafiz. And Chris. And we're joined by the one and only Show Baraka. There we go. Hey, no, we're ready. We're ready for that. We had a roommate, guys. Comment, 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 share, reach out to the show. He probably won't respond to you. But <laughs> there's nothing man. wrong about it. It is how he is. He loves you still in his heart. Oh, you can reach God. out to me and Chris. We'll, we'll still talk to you. We love you. Adios and we're out. <laughs>